You may remember that in November, right after the FTX collapse, I sent a tweet that said, Wall Street is going to buy our entire industry for pennies on the dollar. Watch. Or something to that effect. And it's an idea that I've been sharing and talking about for even years before, that eventually we would see pushback from the United States government opening the door for the Wall Street incumbents. If you saw me on Yahoo Finance, I talked about this quite a bit. Well, it's all happening right in front of our eyes. EDX markets going into business. That's the exchange that's owned in conjunction by Fidelity, Citadel, right? I mean, the biggest names in the space and Charles Schwab. CZ just tweeted that Deutsche Bank has applied for a crypto asset license. BlackRock applying for an ETF. It's becoming very clear. They're not trying to kill the crypto industry in the United States. They're trying to kill the incumbents. They can hand it over to their Wall Street cronies. We're going to talk about this. I've got Mike Alfred on for the first half to talk about everything happening with BlackRock, GBTC, Grayscale, Fidelity rumors. And then we're going to go on the back half, as you know, with the new format, talk to Big Cheds about some trading ideas that he has. It's going to be a massive show. You guys do not want to miss this. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I am Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and drop kick that like button. Just smack your keyboard all the way across the room, smash it against the wall, and send Mike Alfred the bill. Don't send the bill to me. Send it to Mike. Uh, guys, as I said, very clear what's happening in the United States at this point. A wholesale takeover of the crypto industry by Wall Street and friends. Now, we know that they're being assisted, obviously, by the government with the widespread crypto crackdown by Gary Gensler and his cronies and friends. But it's becoming a true question as to whether Gary Gensler has massively overreached, is way out over his skis, and potentially could be in violation of the law with this massive overreach that we are seeing. But we'll get into that in a minute. We'll get into that in a minute. I just want to say that no matter what you think about this Wall Street takeover of crypto, I hate it, in theory, it's bullish for the asset class, at least certainly for Bitcoin and anything else that has not been deemed a security. We can fight all day about how evil BlackRock is, and they probably are, certainly how evil the Citadels and JP Morgans and maybe even their cousin, Charlie Schwab. But the fact is, if we get approval of things like a Bitcoin ETF from BlackRock, and there's any volume coming into exchanges like EDX markets, and Deutsche Bank comes in, and JP Morgan comes in, and Fidelity quintuples down on the space because they've already doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down. There's no question that this gives the stamp of approval to the asset class for American investors. Whether that's just accredited investors or institutions remains to be seen. But as I said, it's very clear right now, this is not an attack to kill it. It is an attack to control it. And I think that that is very, very clear and a very important nuance. Now, before Mike jumps in, I want to talk about a few ideas here. We're going to obviously talk of the ETF and the investing side of it and what it means to death. But we're seeing quite a bit of pushback now against Gensler et al. Former SEC advisor, legal doctrine could end Gensler's crypto crackdown. Talking about the major 
questions doctrine. Doctrine. This is from J.W. Verrett, who was actually a advisor to Gensler, and of course, because this happened today, we decided to get him on Crypto Town Hall. So the actual advisor, J.W. Verrett or Verrett, we'll see how it's pronounced, is going to come on to Crypto Town Hall by Twitter Spaces at ten fifteen a.m. Eastern Standard Time to discuss this. But what is the major questions doctrine that might be in violation here? The major questions doctrine is a legal doctrine that challenges the authority of regulatory agencies and could potentially put an end to SEC Chairman Gary Gensler's crypto crackdown. So how does this matter for the SEC regulatory action in the crypto space? The major questions doctrine could challenge the SEC's reach and authority in regulating digital assets that operate on decentralized blockchains. Now, we might not get a lot of clarity on this until Coinbase and Binance US, but there is major legal precedent here for the government and legislators to take control when a regulator or regulatory agency pushes too hard. I think that Gensler has gone too far and we are going to see him fired. Now, listen, we try not to to, uh, go down the road of tin hat theories too much. Uh, And Adam Cochran has broken a lot of great news, but also has uh, spread some FUD at times. It ended up not being true. But Adam Cochran here heard from a friend. Yeah. I don't really like news that starts with heard from a friend, but we do it quite a bit. Heard from a friend that the rumors in the D.C. fundraising circles are that the Biden team wants to shake up some chairs, cabinet positions in the finance sector to take the heat for the economy before the next election. Yellen tops the list. No surprises there. Dumb and dumber haircut is so 90s. But apparently plenty of big ticket donors have mentioned Gensler as well. Oh, you don't say. Even ones who agreed with his stance on crypto are embarrassed by his approach. Starting to look like Warren, Yellen, and Gensler brought down the hammer too hard for even their own party. We know that, guys. The anti-crypto army is a very small part of the Democratic side of the aisle. There are plenty of Democrats who love this industry. They just aren't talking about it right now because Lizzie Warren is really scary. I would have guessed both Powell or Yellen would be on the chopping block. I think that actually people view Powell as doing pretty well, I hate to say. But Gensler's lack of professionalism is rubbing his own party the wrong way, and so tides are turning. If we keep highlighting the absurdity of his approach, he may get reined in. Of course, we always get these types of rumors and strategy talks before a re-election, so hard to say what weight it holds, but it's clear that their most connected donors are starting to talk. Yeah, there's very widespread, very widespread news that people don't like Gary Gensler, including those who work for him. Many people have quit. Lots of pushback. He's disliked. Uh, He's Elizabeth Warren's kind of little bitch boy. You know, bring out the gimp. Pulp Fiction, you guys bring out the gimp and you do the fingers. So yeah, this could end really badly for Gary. So what I want to say to you, before we, uh, you know, bring on Mike whenever he shows up over here, is that uh, keep tweeting fire Gary Gensler. Right? Even if that only has a very small effect when that's trending on twitter people notice call your senator call your congressman have chat gpt write you a letter that says i think that the sec has massively overreached and i am a single issue voter and will only be voting on crypto if you get rid of gary gensler i'll vote for you do that it works you'd be surprised but now we're going to obviously dig back into blackrock i'm going to bring on mike alfred now since i see him here waiting in the wings what's up man we got you up bright and early today appreciate it yeah, it's it's rough. I don't know what it is about getting up this early, but you know, it is what it is. 
I'm always up at that time. Okay, so listen, you jumped on spaces yesterday. You had some incredible points, but I want to dive deeper into this with you, obviously. So the news of the week, the only thing we can talk about is BlackRock and the Bitcoin ETF. Of course, the we take the hyperbolic approach from BlockWorks here. It says the wolf enters the hen house, and that's based on Mark Yusko's quotes. I have to give Yusko credit. He's been saying for years there will be no ETF until BlackRock comes in and asks for one, and that literally happened. So I don't know if it was a crystal ball. He said it was just too obvious. But regardless of your thoughts on BlackRock, how big is this for Bitcoin specifically? Well, it's put a lot of things into play, certainly. So uh, irrespective of whether it gets approved, I see a bid under Bitcoin uh, in the last few days that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, there's a lot of rumors about other asset managers like Fidelity uh, getting involved here. There's potential movement at, at Grayscale, at GBTC. Um, you know, I'm, I, I own a lot of GBTC uh, in part because I have a fund that has limitations on how much spot Bitcoin that I can hold with the prime broker. So people are always giving me a hard time. Why do you own so much GBTC? It's like, well, if, if I could find a prime that focus on equities that would allow me to hold an unlimited amount of spot Bitcoin, then it wouldn't be an issue, but it turns out there's still structural reasons why people hold it. So I think, you know, BlackRock, uh, making a move here, even if it's not successful immediately puts a lot of other things in play. Like one of the things that I'm imagining happen right now is Fidelity potentially negotiating with DCG uh, and Barry to to potentially like back channel in a sense with the SEC. It's something you kind of see in, in biotech, for example, when like a larger biopharma buys a smaller biotech, like that, that larger firm sometimes will buy the, the, the set of molecules before uh, uh, FDA approval. Uh, because they have enough confidence that it will be FDA approved and they want to buy it essentially beforehand. Um, I could see a scenario where Fidelity sort of gets through a back channel, they sort of get a blessing that, look, we will we will settle with with Grayscale, right? The the outstanding lawsuit if Fidelity takes over that trust and and promises to do the same things that BlackRock is doing. So we don't know for sure what's going to happen here yet. It's possible that BlackRock doesn't get approval in the short term but it's still a very interesting um, set of things that it put into play. Yeah, the Fidelity side has been, as far as I can tell, rumor so far, right? We had on uh, the guy who, on, on Spaces yesterday, actually, the guy who had tweeted, you know, hearing from sources, unnamed, of course, that Fidelity could make a play for Grayscale, which is what you just said, and will be filing for their own ETF. And I'm literally, like, in the background talking to two people from Fidelity who say, well, you could talk to our PR team, but we've heard nothing about that. So we're kind of in that uh, in-between of whether something like that is going to happen or not. But what we do know is that Fidelity has been the institution that's been the most committed to Bitcoin from the very early days. They've been mining since 2014 or 2015, have created pro products. They've had their own ETF or it was an ETP, but that was actually rejected in 2022. So not that long ago, but they've been down this road before. It would make sense whether they're making a play in the background or not for them to double down once again. Right, just seeing BlackRock's involvement here. Agreed. I agreed. And, and look, I, I don't think uh, people should discount Fidelity at all. Fidelity has been a believer in Bitcoin for eight or nine years. Abby saw the, the sort of beauty of, of the system. She said, look, um, we should mine it first so that we can understand how Bitcoin works from first principles. So, you know, people who are like, Oh, these big, uh, you know, institutions from TradFi are coming to the space. It's like, no, actually, Fidelity was here way before Binance, 
right? Um, Fidelity is a trusted firm with huge scale that's been around for decades. Um, as far as I know, has never uh, become insolvent, has never, uh, you know, the screwed screwed depositors. Coming, commingling our funds and sending them to their uh, to their shadowy hedge yeah, funds. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the funniest things about this is like, you know, BlackRock starts to come in. It's almost like if you saw Death Cab for Cutie when there were seven people in a small room, you know, like a small dive bar, and then all of a sudden they have thousands of fans there and it's almost annoying to you because you believed in Death Cab when there was only seven people, right? And so I, I sense a little bit of that in this space. People are like annoyed that BlackRock and Fidelity are active. And it's like, no, you were right. Like Bitcoin matters. That's why these firms are, are here. In fact, I would argue uh, BlackRock and Fidelity are much less harmful to Bitcoin long-term than Binance, Crypto.com, Huobi, Celsius, FTX, BlockFi. You go down the list of all of these firms that are not run in a transparent way that don't don't have audits, right? That are offshore, that are that are basically shirking responsibility and avoiding regulation. And Fidelity and BlackRock are literally the exact opposite, right? They they have tons of regulation, which is why they've never become insolvent and they've never uh, had an issue fulfilling customer obligations. Uh, so I actually think them coming to the space is is healthy and makes the entire Bitcoin ecosystem more anti-fragile. I know that's super unpopular, but I don't really care I, I, because people have been people unpopular. have been dead wrong. People have been dead wrong about about Binance and about some of these other big crypto firms. And and if anything, maybe these like a BlackRock or Fidelity will get some of these uh, bucket shop type crypto firms to grow up and actually professionalize. Yeah, I think the question is. Can the adults in the room actually help facilitate the actual crypto incumbents improving their businesses and still being around? Or is this literally like napalm carpet bombing of the crypto industry to make way for those Wall Street firms? Because I agree in a perfect world where Coinbase exists and is compliant, which I think we all like Coinbase, right? So I, I don't think Coinbase and Binance or Coinbase and FTX are the same thing where we still have the Coinbases, but also have BlackRock. I would just hate to see it where it's only BlackRock, Schwab, JB Morgan, Fidelity, right, and Citadel, and we don't have any crypto-native companies involved when they're the ones who obviously built this industry. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's uh, a fear, a little like, you know, being an American 100 years ago and being worried about immigrants uh, coming, right? Like, it, it's it, it may have some basis in reality. Like, there may be some sort of, uh, bias amongst uh, regulators for the firms that they've already done business with, in a sense, right? The the firms where they're hoping to get a job, right? Uh, from a regulatory capture standpoint, they're hoping to get a job after they leave the regulatory environment. They want to work at BlackRock, right? Or they want to work at Fidelity. Or they want to work at Goldman. But I don't think it's a systemic thing. Like I, I don't buy that conspiracy. Like I, I just think some of these big traditional firms are in some ways more trustworthy than most of the crypto native firms out there. I put Coinbase aside because I actually agree with you. I think Coinbase is different um, qualitatively in a lot of ways than, than a lot of these other firms that have blown up. Um, but I still think Fidelity is safer, right? Like there, if I had to yeah, take a million dollars of my own money and I put it in a, a Bitcoin product at Fidelity or Coinbase, the, the honest truth is I'm going to put it at Fidelity, uh, even though I think Coinbase is a better business than most of the other crypto native firms. I don't think that's a conspiracy. I think that's just a fact, right? And it's yeah, a rational BlackRock, Interesting BlackRock's ETF proposal is to custody with Coinbase. Yeah. Yeah. And they had that partnership before. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, look, Coinbase is one of the only crypto native firms that's been willing to do an audit 
um, and has, has done a full audit for, for years now, since before I think they went public. And so I have a lot of confidence that like all the grayscale Bitcoin is there. And I have a lot of confidence that if BlackRock uses them as a custodian, that we won't have to worry uh, too much. Now, the, the SEC may, may hound them for a while because they want them to register in a certain way. Uh, Coinbase may have to delist a number of these securities that they didn't want to admit were securities. They may have to uh, redomicile offshore, although I think that's less likely if if, if they're going to do this this uh, custody business with BlackRock for like the big daddy US ETF, assuming that gets approved. Uh, but they do need to delist probably some of those uh, securities or they need to, to, to be a traditional uh, securities broker and just hold themselves out for what they are and say, look, we, we sell Bitcoin and, and Ethereum and we also sell these digital securities, but then they need to have the same sort of regulatory apparatus, right? Like pe- issuers need to file uh, reports, all the things need to be disclosed uh, to the buyers of those securities. But I think that can all be worked out. I think this is just the messy part between the Wild West and the civilized metropolis uh, development that's sort of happening. And that may be painful to a lot of people in crypto, but it may be necessary. I mean, does that mean that we get a Coinbase that lists somewhere between four and 10 assets and their custody business because of their deal with BlackRock becomes the bigger side and we basically just see a shift in Coinbase's strategy and importance? Not not necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, again, if they just admit that they list hundreds of securities, there's not there's nothing illegal about listing securities. There are just disclosure requirements. There there are there process are, but there's security, but they're not going. But the SEC isn't going after those securities to register. So therefore, there's kind of this chicken and egg situation. Sure. With, uh, yeah. Sure. That's what I mean by the messiness part, right? Yeah. Like you 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 come out of this period of where it's a wild west, where you could make a credible case if you're Coinbase that there is no regulatory pathway. So therefore, we didn't do it. Um, this, this litigation, all of this noise now sort of crystallizes the need to finalize it. And and Coinbase has a case to be made around the SEC being somewhat intransigent, not providing, you know, transparency into their thinking, their process. But I think that all gets worked out. That's what, that's sort of what I'm referring to. I think that all gets worked out over the next call it 12 to 24 months. And if they want to list securities, they can list securities. Plenty of other people list securities. There are plenty of brokerage firms in the U S that sell securities of companies that are going to fail, uh, companies with terrible management, companies with bad balance sheets. But as long as they follow all the disclosure requirements uh, when they sell those securities, there's not a lot of risk uh, for them. So I, yeah. I don't see why it has to be any different in crypto. I just want to uh, bring, bring up something quickly because you kind of invoked crypto.com and might, people might have missed the news yesterday. Trading teams at crypto.com exchange raised conflict questions. Uh, we actually tried to get the author of this article, but basically this is yet another major exchange being accused of counter-trading their own customers, right? This is the BitMEX model from back in the day where you uh, go on an exchange, you set your orders, they know where your orders are and they're market-making and counter-trading. So just another example potentially of that same systemic sort of bad behavior that you talked about. And this and this is the the issue, right? These traditional firms, they have to disclose exactly what role they're playing, right? And so when you sign up with Fidelity or Schwab, you custody your assets with their with them and you trade with them as a broker, but they're not also the exchange, right? They're not also the clearinghouse. They're not also the the market maker uh, you know, you're facing off with whether you know it or not. And and some of that is just systemic related to the fact that crypto is so small and illiquid 
that these firms are trying to convince you there's real liquidity when there is no liquidity, right? Binance, Binance is no different, right? Like I've been saying this for a while and it was very unpopular nine months ago, but I think people are realizing it's true now that just like with FTX and Alameda, Binance's entire business model was predicated on Merit Peak and Sigma Chain and all of CZ's internal market makers to make markets in a way that makes creates the appearance of a vibrant liquid market and all these tokens that doesn't actually exist. And so the SEC has a case there, right? Because BlackRock and Fidelity and some of these other big US regulated firms, they don't operate across those conflict of interest barriers, right? They, they, they say, look, we are your asset manager. We're going to charge you a fee and that's all we do. We're not also your custodian. We're not also the exchange. We're not also the market maker, right? We're not also the clearinghouse. Uh, in crypto, people are playing all these roles in part because they're filling a vacuum and in part, frankly, because they're pulling the wool over the consumer's eyes. They want people to believe there's real liquidity when, when in fact, most of it is wash trading. And I think it's funny that CZ has a long background. He, he's a, actually, well, the one thing that I think CZ is definitely an expert in, he's an expert wash trader. He's incredible at it. He was doing it at his previous employer. He's still doing it now at Binance. And, and so the SEC and the CFTC don't like that for good reason, because it's very dangerous uh, for consumers who actually believe that volume is real when it's not. So we talked about the blurring of the lines of all of the different roles that these exchanges take on, which I think, you know, FTX really shined a bright light on. You can't be the custodian, clearinghouse, exchange, market maker, all in the same platform. This news was kind of small when it was broken, I believe, last November that Schwab, uh, Fidelity and Citadel were coming together to launch EDX markets in exchange. As I mentioned, they're only going to focus apparently on Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Litecoin, because those are the four I think they view as commodities. But I think what's interesting here is, A, they're only going for institutions. So their pitch is, hey, you institutions who wanted to trade but don't trust Binance, US, and FTX, come here. But the other side of it is this is completely non-custodial. I don't know if you've looked into this at all, but effectively it's me trading from my wallet to you trading for in your wallet. Doesn't seem like there's a custodian at all. So not the exchange, but also not a third party custodian. It's a basically peer-to-peer transaction and it's a matching engine. So what do you think of this model? Because this is being championed by Fidelity, Citadel, Schwab, not, not three small players. Well, this has been one of the arguments that uh, Ethereum supporters have made against Bitcoin historically that I think actually hits, which is that Ethereum has has allowed for the creation of all of these DEXs, uh, you know, starting with Uniswap, that allow people to do more kind of trustless trading. And Bitcoin natively hasn't historically allowed for that. Um, so you you do need you do need this type of infrastructure to be able to to trade directly from you know your your wallet. Uh, and so I think it could be interesting. I mean, I, I haven't, to, to be honest, I haven't followed it closely yet. It sounds like it's been funded, but maybe it's not, hasn't actually been built, but given the, the, you know, the, the heft of the firms involved, uh, you can probably expect, assuming something ever gets launched, that it will get some adoption and, and don't be surprised if BlackRock eventually, uh, splits their custody business between, um, you know, something like this and, and Coinbase over time to, to de-risk. Uh, you know, the strategy. But w- what I would say, Scott, at a very high level is that this, if you get a mega ETF, like a low cost, uh, sort of uh, not risk-free, but but very frictionless, run by BlackRock that gets scale, that's a huge win for, for Bitcoin 
globally because it means literally every single person um, in the U.S. in particular can now gain access to to Bitcoin during market hours uh, at a very low cost and in a brokerage account. And there are a lot more people who have brokerage accounts uh, in the U.S. than that, that have a Coinbase account. And that's why people bought GBTC, right? That was the only easy way for a long time retirement account yeah so if you want bitcoin in your retirement account and you didn't have a uh, self-directed ira that's the only way you could do it right. so this is a bit it's a if it gets done it's a huge deal and again even if the sec doesn't immediately approve grayscale or fidelity doesn't buy grayscale etc it puts a lot of pressure on grayscale to adapt to that environment and so you know one, one thing that would help close the nav discount is if barry and michael over at uh grayscale would lower the fees Right, which they could do right now, right? They could lower the fees. They could create a redemption mechanism, right? They could but they don't have the trust. They don't. I mean, they, right? And and, and, and their economic incentives. Saying, yeah, the economic incentive is okay. There's nothing coming in, right? Uh, we don't let it out. We can collect our two and twenty or you know whatever the uh, fee structure is. And DCG isn't making money in a lot of other places. That's true. I, I I'm struggling to see where they're making enough. Uh, money at all to cover, you know, the Genesis situation. I think Foundry is a good business, right? But it, but it's it's not a big business uh, relative to those. So Grayscale is the the golden goose and potentially salvation. And so if if Fidelity were to offer enough money that it cleans up the mess and allows DCG to continue to operate, uh, kind of frees them from some of those liabilities, like I wouldn't be surprised if they work out a deal, M- maybe a deal where DCG retains some minority ownership so they still have some piece of the upside but they get enough cash to essentially take out the genesis problem and and forestall any potential legal liability and, and bankruptcy risk there uh so we'll see we'll see i mean i i told you Scott, it's supposed like, to be different businesses which is why i laugh and i'm kind of giggling but yeah but this is what every <laughs> is what everybody did i mean ev- everybody ftx three arrows uh you know uh, you go down the list binance Everybody has like hundreds of of entities and everybody makes believe and pretends that they're really different companies, even though it's the exact same people in each entity. They're literally just used to ring fence risk and legal liability and and basically uh, create these these firewalls where you can mess up really, really badly here and hopefully not have it bleed over into this other. This this is corporate structuring. It's an old art, right? It's not like something that they just came up with in, in crypto, but I think it's been abused to a point at this point where like it's just enabling bad behavior like look at three arrows like three arrows committed fraud they lied to their lenders they did all kinds of stuff and those guys are still surfing um no sign that they're ever going to be held accountable and part of it is that they have have so many entities it's really hard for anyone even a very motivated person to get to the bottom of what's going on with all these entities yeah, and the real head scratcher is that Grayscale is suing the SEC for the ability to take GBTC and convert it into an ETF, but a GBTC conversion to an ETF would destroy the very business we just described. Yeah, it, on one hand, G- Grayscale's done with an ETF without that uh, fee structure, right? Because there will be massive competition to reduce fees with other ETFs being approved, and the uh, discount and, and premiums will be zero. But that, that's always been the the play has always been, though, to get enough scale that the fees can come down. What's unusual here is because of the intransigence of the SEC, this closed in trust product, which was their regulatory arbitrage in the center, right? because they, they essentially have a, a closet ETF uh, that they've had for years. 
Um, and no one else has really been able to to, to do the same thing. And so they've had a, a virtual monopoly uh, on this Bitcoin trust product. And I think the idea was always like, hey, we're going to convert to an ETF and lower the fees. But, but at that point, we'll have 50 billion or 100 billion of the product. And so it's a scale game. Like look at iShares. Look at, look at BlackRock's ETF business or look at Vanguard's ETF business. These are huge scale businesses with really low fees. Some of the products have two, two BIPs, three BIPs, five BIPs, yeah. 10 BIPs in fees, but they have massive scale. That was the play here. Um, that play got disrupted and interrupted. But in the meantime, since nobody else can do it, they're still collecting their 2% on effectively uh, 14 or $15 billion. Um, and so uh, if you were in the same situation, Scott, I'm telling you, you do exactly the same thing you'd fight you'd fight to for the for the brand and you'd want to keep the business alive but you'd also you know wouldn't stop taking the cash flow if if customers are willing to continue to provide financing in a sense yeah it's uh, they're just stuck in the middle of not enough volume to make the money as an etf and uh obviously having a somewhat broken product on on the other side i don't even even saw this today but uh cz tweeted deutsche bank applies for digital asset license yeah, I saw. And these guys are. They, I mean, at the it's we're going to see every name, right? Yeah, it's ubiquitous. It's it's like, it's like the charts of uh, you know Americans' usage of of uh, refrigerators and washing machines. Like it, it it starts slow at the beginning, and then it just goes parabolic, and then it goes to a hundred percent. Because if because if a washing machine is a better way to wash clothes, or a refrigerator is a better way to keep you know your milk from spoiling, everybody's going to do it, and so. Like Bitcoin, for example, has these systemic advantages. It's just better at what it does than anything else. And so no matter how much noise there is, like volatility along the path of adoption, it's sort of irrelevant because we're going to 100% adoption, right, over time. And if that's the case, then yes, every single firm over the next 5, 10, 15 years will have an announcement about what they're doing in Bitcoin. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't even think it'll take that long. I think they're going to all pile in now because they see that the door is open and this is their opportunity. Do you think that there's a realistic chance that, a, that an ETF gets approved with this current like regulatory regime? I mean, do you think that that's part of the plan? Uh, there's a lot of conjecture, but I mean, does BlackRock, who's 575 and one on approvals for ETFs, do they apply this just to get in lot for this just to get in line, or do they know something and think that they have a very very good shot of getting approved? I, I mean, I wish I knew the answer perfectly. I think we'll learn more from the market response. Like, I think the market just opened three minutes ago. I'm very curious to see how GBTC trades today and this week. As I said in spaces yesterday, I think you can learn a lot from tracking that. Discount also tracking the discount of GBTC relative to uh, ETHE, which is their Ethereum trust, will tell you a little bit about what might be going on under the surface. To the extent at which that NAB discount starts to close, then you you might start to think that perhaps uh, savvy market participants and, and people who are in these conversations maybe know about what BlackRock's real strategy is here. My initial gut reaction, but without doing a ton of analysis, is that I don't see it getting approved very quickly, just because the SEC is locked in a in a philosophical battle of sorts and a political battle of sorts with the entire industry. And so I don't see them just fast tracking the BlackRock product uh, without a lot of discussion. Um, and so that could be wrong, and it gets approved immediately, and that would be huge 
for Bitcoin, but it's certainly it never. But they'd have a lot of explaining to do to all the other 22 who have been in line and rejected this entire time to prove that it's materially different. But right, and it's also almost never that easy. So I would expect it. Yeah, their their previous record aside, I would expect it to take maybe a little longer than the market thinks. But but again, instead of instead of trying to make a call on that, I'm just going to watch the trading of a couple of different things that that I use as like my proprietary indicators. And I will have a pretty good read on that soon based on the way some of these things trade. I mean, you mentioned at the beginning and we're going to transition in a few minutes over to Cheds and talking about some trading, but you, uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but I, I know that you tweeted and mentioned on Spaces, you held about 100,000 uh, shares of GBTC and you upped that in the last week or two to well over 200,000, right? So you mentioned a lot of that has to do with prime brokerage and your ability to own spot. But I think if we're being honest, a lot of that has to do with it's like buying Bitcoin, but also getting the benefit of that discount closing. Right. Yeah, so yeah, going my, from 40 something percent to 36 percent in a matter of days. Do you think that how, how far can that go on this BlackRock news, the discount? Well, just the news of them filing, it, it, it may not move further. That's why, again, I'll be watching it closely, because if it continues to compress, then that would lead you to believe that there's that there's more going on here, right? And again, like the the major things that could change things are are if BlackRock actually looks like it's going to get approved or does get approved. Of course, that would change everything quite quickly. There should be news related to the appeals court ruling, which I think is going to go in Grayscale's favor because if you I listened to the entire you know last conversation between those three judges and the SEC and, and Grayscale lawyers, and it's just hard to leave that conversation. Um, thinking that that the SEC has a leg to stand on, and in fact, that day the the discount closed uh, quite substantially. And I think I think GBTC was up like nine or ten percent that day. This was this was a few months ago. It was up twelve percent, I think twelve point eight percent on Friday. Uh, so so I think look, I th- I I think there there are a bunch of levers here, starting with BlackRock, but but also potentially going all the way over to somebody like a Fidelity acquiring all of Grayscale. And if somebody like Fidelity acquires all of Grayscale, the first thing they're going to do is lower the fees. And then the second thing they're going to do is pull all the levers to try to compress that that discount organically, right? So Barry offered, when this original discount came open um, last year or two years ago, the first thing that he did was offer to do a buyback, right? But, but initially, at least he said, hey, we're going to buy a couple hundred million dollars of it. He didn't actually use it. He was hoping the market would close it for him, sometimes the announcement, right, the job owning uh, about the, the the actions you tend on taking are, are enough, and so you don't actually have to deploy any capital. Uh, you're seeing you're actually saying this same thing right now with Icon, IEP, yep. right? I- Icon was trying to close, uh, you know, kind of the, the recent issues there. He was trying to to use the buyback to do that. I think initially he was hoping the market would do it for him. So just a lot to watch here, Scott. And I think because there's so many catalysts. If you if you ever wanted or needed to own GBTC, now is probably the highest expected value time frame um, to own it because you have so many ways that you can win. Like I, I can foresee a day in the next couple months where GBTC is up ten percent and Bitcoin's flat because it's yeah. trading entirely on those discount discount catalysts, not on the price. Now, the other thing that to keep in mind is you're entering a Bitcoin bull cycle. You're almost certainly going to have some sort of Bitcoin bull over the next twenty four. To 36 months, you know, the Bitcoin could go to 50, 60, 80, 100, whatever. So when you overlay that sort of bullish price setup combined with the discount catalyst, BlackRock, Fidelity, SEC, Fir Tree, Valkyrie, 
I just think like of all the trades you could do in crypto right now, long, uh, just a straight long GBTC as just as a trade, again, not as a long-term, like, like I think Bitcoin and cold storage is a better long-term investment, but just as a trade, I don't see a lot of better, uh, you know, risk adjusted investments than just buying GBTC as a trade here. I love it, man. Well, now you can go back to bed. <laughs> Or going on a hundred mile ultra marathon. You guys don't know, but Mike is a uh, savage. Uh, I've been running. I've been running like uh, ten miles or so a day. Last week, I I averaged like nine miles a day. But I'm trying to work back to just like basic for me. Basic fitness is I need to be able to run fifteen or twenty miles on Tuesday. And for a long time, or last year, which includes having a kid and a kid so like uh we all we all know how that that affects things and i love your perspective thank you for coming on i know you get a lot of pushback but it's sensible you know people don't like pragmatism sometimes i I don't i don't even care anymore like it's completely irrelevant i just spend my time investing and if and if the trolls and and kids want to get angry it's like let them so yeah i hear you man well thank you so much and i'm sure we'll uh probably i'll probably like see you on twitter spaces randomly in an hour or something all right sounds good thanks man Awesome, guys. Uh, thanks once again to Mike Alfred. You guys should all follow him, of course, on Twitter. I believe it's down in the YouTube description, but if not, we will add it down there. Now, Mike said that uh, we are in a bull, entering a bull cycle here for Bitcoin. So I'm curious what Big Cheds has to say about that. What's up, Cheds? How are you, man? Good. Hold on. I'm, I'm just entering my GBTC long. Hold on a second. <laughs> Everybody is currently, currently getting long GBTC right now. That's it. I was I, I was buying it with my new Neuralink chip while Mike was talking. How's that working out for you? Did you just blink, know, blink, blink twice? You, right, right eye is a bid and left eye is an <laughs> ask, I think. I'm not really sure how it works, but it feels like that's what it is. So, Lizzie, you were probably listening in there. Uh, I know at the end you were getting your charts ready. So it gives us a perfect segue guys. As you know, what we're doing now, we're, we're, we're not doing like the full trading shows. We're trying to knock out 15, 20 minutes, people's best ideas, uh, which I think is awesome. So we have to start at Bitcoin right now, right? Mike just said, we're entering into a bull cycle. I think we're kind of in a crap market, but then we will get to the bull cycle personally, and I can make that case, but let's share your charts and see what you're looking at. Sure. Uh, I mean, it is a pretty crap market. I mean, if we're honest, I mean, um, it's like Bitcoin's hanging in there and everything else sucks, right? Isn't that kind of the, the gist of I it? I think Bitcoin effectively is flat like in a, a week or two weeks and all coins on average are down 15, 20%. So yeah, yeah, I was thinking about like, what's the, like, what's the theory behind holding some of these alts like for the long term? I mean, I just, and like, even especially Dino and older stuff, you know, like, is it ever going to do anything? It's such a terrible regulatory climate and risk climate for these altcoins. It looks great for Bitcoin, but like, why would you hold like DOT or like some of these random ones like Link, you know, some of this older stuff that's just, you know, sushi. That's because you're a, comp- you're a compassionate community, uh, a passionate community member who is in yep. it for the tech. Ah, uh, you're in it for the tech. You read the white paper. All right. Um, yeah, the white so what, paper. So what can we do for you today, brother? What do you, what do you want to, what do we got? I want to look well, first I want to look at Bitcoin, your chart. That's yeah. exactly like mine. I dig that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> open high, open high, low, close, green and red candles. Yeah. 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 See, look, look, you got I the mean, same, you know, good over here. We got the same thing. We got this big inverse head and shoulders, the yeah. test of that 25, 12, you have it as a zone, but yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, that's like so... It's a generalized area. If you kind of try to simplify it, right? We try to figure out what happened. We all understand. We had this epic move from, you know, like 12K to 60K. We paused and we had this kind of, um, you know, pause, right? 
and we had this dribble, dribble, dribble down, you know, the price lost the 200, right? How do we simplify it? Well, you know, weekly time frame, we understand when the price dropped, it tried to bounce, it rejected. When the price dropped, it tried to bounce, it rejected. So now that we're above that level, we're really paying attention, right? So just nice, clean and simple. My whole analysis has been bullish above, cautious below. Same. And, um, you know, I did a Bitcoin live report. What is today? Today's what, Thursday or Friday? Today today is uh, Tween's Day on the way to Flim's Day. Flim's Day. It's Tuesday. I don't know. It's Tuesday. It's some kind of in-between day. And so what I talked about was we were, it was looking pretty rough. And it was, um, it was right, I think it was like this day. It was like last Wednesday. And we're, you know, we're heading, we're at like 25, 5K. We're just below. It's easy to get scared. And what I said was, basically, you want to be dropping the lower time frame and looking for an entry here somewhere because you have what's called a bullish throwback in play, right? A bullish throwback is where you have ideally a well-defined level. Um, at some point, it's, you know, it's, it's formed as resistance. You break through and then you do a retest. That's called a bullish throwback. The opposite of that is a called a pullback or an underside retest, right? Where you come through, right? So yada, 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 lobster bisque. Uh, let me just get that out of there. Uh, uh, let's see. So yada, 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 lobster bisque. So, um, well, anyway, so what, so the point is that you're above that level and so it's bullish. And so when you're coming back, you're dropping to a lower time frame because, um, you're dropping to a lower time frame because you're at a key level. So what do you do? You drop to one hour. And so why would you ever be at a one hour? Well, you're at a one hour because you have the price at a key level and you potentially have some volatility. So here we were in my report, yada, 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 and we dropped, boom, okay, we're on a one hour chart. And we're looking at a move down and we're looking at a consolidation, probably bearish continuation, right? Rising, you know, bull, bull, sorry, bear, um, pennant, bear, bear flag, whatever you want to call it. And what do you do in this situation, Scott, right? Like, you're looking, and for me, the best thing is you wait for a loss of a level and a recapture, right? A spring. You look for a, some type of a level supports be lost quickly and then recapture, right? So you got that. You got a, what's that? Yeah, Eng engineered liquidity. You know, sweet yeah. failure. Uh, there's a million names for it. Yep. It's a and it's one of those things yeah. where it's like it kind of feels like a secret weapon as an, as a trader when you when you figure it out. You're like, oh, wait, I can just look for a level to be lost and recaptured. And now I'm long from this level. And my risk is if it goes below, I'm out. Like you have a really well-defined, seems like a simple trick. It's like, here's the simple trick the banks don't want you to know. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like kind of that thing. So you got that nice little spring entry. Um, and initially it looked like just a little mean reversion up to the 4H MA200. Uh, is my 200? There it is, right? Here's the spring. And it looked, it looked initially... Just like a, um, you know, mean reversion to the 200, mean reversion to the 200, right? And we got there, boom, boom. Now we're above that. So we've got a little bit of momentum in continuation. So long story short, short story long, um, basically, you know, weekly chart bullish, right? Daily chart had some consolidation. Daily chart kind of put you to the test right at the key level. Um, but we, Dude, yeah. I've been screaming to 25,000 to 12 literally since March. Yeah. And people are like, dude, you're so, why, why don't you share charts anymore? I yeah. get it all the time. Like the newsletter used to be all trades and charts and this yeah. and that. I was like, I don't want to touch all coins and I don't care about Bitcoin until it fills my bids at 25,200 that I've had sitting here now for two and a half months. And they Seriously. filled. I made yeah. my big Bitcoin buy and I'm done now. We'll see what happens. 
that's the way you got to do it. You know, I've seen people, um, I never, you know, I like how everyone has different, um, methods, but I don't understand people who are like, oh, I'm at, I'm waiting for 22 K or I'm waiting for 23 K, you know, it's for me, it's just such a binary, like this is the battleground. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if it holds it here. You know, I saw, um, an interesting tweet and I replied to it. I really try not to reply to other people's tweets. Cause I don't want it to be like, either look like I'm trying to teach someone. That's how you and I started and became friends though. Best buddies. But um, that's wow. true. On Twitter, on Twitter we yeah. argued over an evening star or a morning star and the importance of the gap or something. Yes. Civil argument. It's about yes. whether or not, yes. We don't have I mean, to get yeah. into that because, yep. because yeah. you you won that battle. But no, doesn't matter. Um, but it was, uh, what was it trying to say? So someone talked about the fact where we were back below the 200, right? The weekly 200. And my point is that is a lower level of, of importance to do we hold the support I, zone. God, I said the exact same thing. It's just rank order. You have we just to, become best friends. Wait, did we just become, you know, you got to learn and we'll get to some other stuff too, but you got to learn how to rank order data when you get so many different data points. And that's why horizontal levels are so important. You know, that's why even with a moving average, you use a, a nearby horizontal level to structure your risk. So it always comes back to horizontal level. I mean, you can just look to the left there and what, uh, now I'm here, let me just show mine. Yeah. I mean, we, when you play with these MAs, you generally like, even if it's resistance, you might get it two or three candles above it. Right. And then it yeah. comes back down or same above. So yeah, it, like the one test of an MA is dubious, you know, at best, but that weekly candle there that, I mean, a nice hammer right into that key sort of support to me is, uh. It says a lot. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens with this 200. But to me, this just looks like another higher low forming in does, this, you know, from does. the bottom. It, but we're still kind of flagging or falling channel. I mean, you still got this action to play with. So we'll see what kind of with the, if the immovable, you know, force meets the whatever object. I mean, you've got the falling channel into the level. Um, you know, there's still some more to the story indeed. Um, but it makes it clean and simple to just say I'm bullish at 25K and above. I'm cautious below. And then just kind of build from there. Um, you know, Ethereum sucks, e you know, even though it's held, it's held nicely off the 200 daily. Right. But it's just weak compared to Bitcoin. Right. You can look at it. You saying Ethereum sucks and repeat it over and over and over again and that, put it on Twitter and see them come for you. They let them come for me. <laughs> I, I no think context. everything's nonsense. I really do think most, I, I, I don't believe in any of this stuff. It's all a vehicle for speculation okay. and, um, it just makes for it easier now. for me, but for yeah. now. But look at this. I've been watching this pair, Scott, Scotty. And um, the reason why I've been I've been um, skeptical that Bitcoin's done is that there's been no bounce in Ethereum versus Bitcoin. I thought it looked good for a minute and then it got super yeah. rejected, by the way. Yeah, that reminds me of yeah. high school uh, prom. Some point, it got prom super, exactly. Super rejected right yeah. there. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to break out. It's great. No, it's bad. It's bad. So that just, I mean, I, I, you know, people look at dominance. I don't need dominance to tell me that Ethereum, that um, Bitcoin's a flight to safety right now. I don't need to look at a dominance chart to know that Bitcoin's holding up while everything else kind of sucks, right? And there's some stuff that's in there that's okay, like XRP, even INJ, Render. Yeah, people like forget Ocean. the dominance. And I, I've been down this road of late because I had sort of a come, come to Jesus moment with dominance and then uh, yeah. and cow and push back against me. But yeah. dominance moves because alts are doing badly. Yeah, It doesn't tell you alts are going to do badly. That's right. It's just what's already happened. You kind of already know it. So I don't know. People kind of use the dominance chart. Let them use it. That's fine. Um but for me, I get what I need just by looking at book Bitcoin and looking at like, you know, select alts. So 
Um, yeah. So, to be clear, you focus on Bitcoin right now. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm focused. Here's the so yes, I'm focused on Bitcoin, but I'm always studying alts, not only for Bitcoin Live, but for my own trading. Like, I always want to know where relative strength is, right? So, um, you've traded this stuff a long time, Scott. So have I. And so, um, Bitcoin can drop like two grand in a day, and like unexpectedly. And so, when you have these big moves, I always want to know in my pocket what are the two, three, four strongest alts because I go target those. Right. Yeah. On crazy volatility, I just I'm always studying the alt so I know what's available for me in the right moment. And I'm I'm, I'm not trading every day, unless it's not for right now. Like anything that's interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna take a quick scan. I mean, by the uh, way, Al- Mike Alfred, I see you still there in the background. GBTC's booming, dude. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> I I think yeah, I, it's, I uh, it's, it's filling up. Yeah. I think yeah. It's I'm on like a delay too. It's OTC. Yeah. So you get the 15 minute. I don't have the um. Yeah. But it's uh, just I mean, fill, fill in that little wick from last week already uh, on the way up. Yeah. Looks so good. I don't know, you know, MA200 for Ethereum. If you get a shot, that, that'd that be something I'd be looking at, you know, the daily MA200. Um, BNB, man, I, I I like a contrarian play. Everyone thinks it's dead. There's a oh, lot of fun. It. it looks so good here. Look at the 200 weekly if we're talking about. Yeah. This. 200 weekly, bro. Yeah, I look. mean, so. Look at that, yeah. that red line right there. Listen, I'm not, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not trying yeah. to mind and stuff, but if we're strictly looking at a chart, how about it? Yeah, go well, ahead. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you've got, you have, you have the price, okay, weekly chart, right? You have an uptrend, you have a rising 200, the price is testing it. I mean, this is where you would want to buy, right? And it's a pretty well-defined risk. You're not going to stick around below like 220 probably. So, and, and I like a contrarian play when everyone is sure it's done. You know, all the news, I just, that stuff, that stuff gets you in so much trouble following the stories. It's like when you when it's time to to execute your risk, you're gonna be so you don't know where you are because you're you're reading the story. I mean, this is you gotta focus on the price. Um, that's always what I've always said. So anyway, BNB, I think it's it's of interest in this area. Um, eh, mask, not so much. Fetch, not so much. Litecoin, yeah, kind of wait on that one, let it develop. But the halving's coming. Is it halvening or halving? I don't, I don't know. How, it's how, 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 how. Help you figure that one out? Have you, help you figured it out? Have you figured out how to say halving? Like Ocean's got strength, right? Compared to the market. So I'm looking to buy Ocean around 29, 30 cents, right? As long as this zone holds, right? So I'm watching Ocean. I'm watching maybe XRP if I get a dip to 42, 43 cents, MA200 and daily, you know? I could, I could see getting interested there. INJ, I'm look I'm interested 550, 560. Right? There's not it's so interesting when the news aligns, by the way. Like I XRP you just happened to move to mention. Yeah. Like this wick right here was the day of the Hinman docs. Yeah, what was that? I saw Hinman the, the big release coming out that pumped and then it came out uh, and yeah. right before they came out it dropped and now it's back to it's just interesting that the uh, news days, yeah. you know, you get the it was that basically it it turned out that it was likely kind of a nothing burger for XRP, maybe big for Ethereum, but maybe big for Ethereum. So it's a little short. Like look at that. Boom, boom, boom. You know? Look yeah. at a little up thrust. So that was pretty clean. I mean, it's sideways. I mean, we're at the point now where we're like looking at this chart and saying it looks pretty good. I mean, so that's the climate you're in. When this yeah, chart that that right? is <laughs> it's just it's just sideways. I mean, it literally is sideways with a slight bullish kind of hint to it or tint. Or Q to it. I and J looks pretty decent. Render still looks pretty good. I'm a buyer. Yeah, you know, does. 160 daily. I'm a 200. I'd be, I, you know, I'd be interested there. I just don't know about um, 
altcoins right now. And maybe that's why you want to look closer because it feels really scary. But um, dominance would tell you that if you looked closer at it. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get dominated by the market if I keep buying some of these uh, SH coins. <laughs> but um, like, look at like something like this, like Gala. It's no good. Like there's people holding charts like this, adding, I'll add, I'll add. Like don't just keep adding. LDO, not so good. Look at DOT. Like what is this? Oof, oof, oof. I mean, this thing is like, like CPR isn't even going to do it. I mean, I mean, it looks polka dead, but, uh, polka dead, but then compared to, but Bitcoin, then, then if that? we say that now that we said that, that means it's going to go to the moon, to the moon. Right. Uh, you know, you know that song, I don't know another crypto boy, CEO of being unemployed. Have you seen that thing? It's, yeah. It's, it's like, like the parody video of skater boy or something. It's something, but it's, he's like this ethereum. It, it rings true. The guy's like, this ethereum is going to get me out of this town right and that's the feeling that people have where it's like this coin is gonna like you know what i mean it's gonna t elevate me and take me to the next level but um yeah, and so some people stack happen. these things and look at dot scott right here's here's against the dollar now here's just a great illustration of the market there's versus bitcoin looks great really right good. i mean so like some, some people are like oh i'm, I'm gonna keep stacking you know, whatever, but like, it's a smaller piece. It's a, you know, larger piece of a smaller pie. Like, look at that. I mean, just forget about it. So there are a lot of charts basically look like this weak versus Bitcoin. People are selling it. They don't know what they can hold. Um, even like stable coin FUD and we'll, and we'll circle back to Bitcoin, even like stable coin FUD, like people are like, Oh, I, I can't hold my tether. Let me just buy Bitcoin. So it's like Bitcoin wins in the end. I, yeah. I, it's hard, hard not to agree with that sentiment. I'm just like uh, reading all the breaking news that's coming in over here. Uh, FPL Wannabe wants to know when Ched coin. Yeah, when Ched, you know, uh, I'm working on it. I'll let you know. Um, Lots of Ched coin gives weeks. you your book. Yeah, Ched coin, brother. Ched coin. No, I, I've every, never messed every around coin with you get a new Every Ched coin you buy, you get a new quote. You get a new quote for every book. So you get 365 Ched coins in total supply. Yeah. You know, I've never messed around with that stuff, NFTs, any of that stuff. But uh, maybe maybe I'm not smart enough. So I'm not, I'm not like casting aspersions on it. Um, I don't know. What are you doing? Are you playing alt here or what? What's your... I'm doing nothing. I bought Bitcoin at 25200 as I said I would, for three months. That's yeah. where I focused all my energy. And now I'm going to yeah. wait and see what happens. Like... When we were at 30K, right? When we were at 30K, there's a lot of enthusiasm and uh, people were cautious. Sure. And they said, I would love to buy back at 25K. But once it gets there, we're terrified. They never do. Come on. They never, they never do. do. So how do we... Well, you got to set the bid early and like, uh, then like put it behind good. like four, like two FAs and uh, right? forget your password and do all the stuff that prevents you from going and moving it when it obviously uh, hits, you know? What, what was it I talked to you last time? You're talking about like, having your keys scattered in like 20 different states yeah, and all these, I can't even match. imagine. I can't even imagine like keys. People come for my keys, That's bro. You're going to do what a messed up space. You can't just buy something. And, uh, but well, I will be able to it. when the BlackRock ETF comes yeah. and with my GBTC, right? Well, what, yeah, what about the whole chain? They're going to, they're going to like pick a different fork and then control it. And so it's like a Trojan horse or is that just conspiracy nonsense? I mean, dude, I, I'm that, so, I, I don't know. Like yeah. everything goes in one ear out the other with me right now. It's so yeah. hard to find signal in the noise, but that's, I, I'm going to just go ahead and assume that's not a problem until I see that it is. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. dude, I got right. go because we got Twitter spaces in 15 minutes. Guys, uh, again, we have JW Verrett joining uh, 
Twitter space and say that's the guy who just said Gary Gensler's fucked. Uh, so anyone who anyone who's on the fire Gary Gensler train and this guy actually was Gary Gensler's advisor and thinks Gary Gensler screwed friend of mine, you know, friend of mine. So we're going to talk about talk to that guy. And uh, I just found out I'm actually recording a podcast this afternoon with Warren Davidson, uh, the congressman. So that's you worked awesome. way, way, way too hard. I hope it's worth it. Bro. Uh, it's great. It's all totally worth it. It's, it's, you know, I'm going to get back to my video games after this. So enjoy your video games. Enjoy your video games. I'm going to let you go, man. All right. All right. Good to talk to you, man. Thank you so much. Here. Always pleasure, man. Thank you. And guys, of course, at the beginning, so you'll notice we've, we've got like a new format here. Are you guys enjoying it? We have like a lot, some more people watch it. But we're trying to do, like I said, you know, we got Macro Monday, but on the rest of the days, we're kind of doing, uh, you know, do the news, have a guest, tail end, we bring on a trader, share their ideas. Tomorrow, I think we have Chris Inks and Charlie Burton, two traders at the back end after we're going to do the news and do the thing that we just did and tell you what's happening. Then we go over to Twitter spaces and it's awesome. Working hard here, working hard here to build this show up. And of course, none of that happens without our sponsors scrolling. What if I could actually make that go faster? Like using AI or something, we could, I could like DJ. I just haven't heard that in a while, right? Bringing it back. But yeah, guys, you can trade all this stuff we're talking about pretty much on the old OKX machine. So go over there and do that and get a whole bunch of free money. And maybe uh, support uh, McLaren and Manchester City like they do. Guys, that's all I got for you today. I have to go uh, figure out what the hell's happening on Twitter spaces today. Love you. What a good show. appreciate you guys watching in. Thanks to Cheds and Alfred. Peace. Let's go.